you know, if you're looking for information on how to buy a car and how to finance that car, the last thing you need is somebody telling you how to get a better credit card. Those two things don't mean anything to each other. And it's not going to help you do either of the things you want to do better. And so what we're trying to do is provide the context for making these better decisions. And then when you are ready to look for a loan, give you a place where you can get a best-in-class loan offer. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business so it stops running you. I'm Lisa. Today, we're talking with Elise Glink about why it's so important to build a financial wellness program for your team. Elise is the CEO of Best Money Moves, a company that works with employers to provide their employees information, tools, solutions, and products that help them live their best financial lives. Who doesn't want that? She'll be talking to us about financial wellness in the workplace and why it matters so much. So let's get going. Hey, Elise, so great to have you on the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. Well, I always like to break the ice a little bit, um, maybe give our listeners something that they haven't heard about our guest before. So I have a fun question. Would you mind playing along with me? Go ahead. Okay. So our fun question is, as a journalist, author, and marketeer, where did you discover your love for writing content? Well, I've been writing for a very long time. I mean, with all the content I've written, maybe, yeah, I don't know, it feels like 100 years, probably not that long, though. Um, But I I started writing when I was really young. I wrote with my sisters. We did little plays for the people who lived in our apartment building. I wrote uh, little newsletters as I got into high school. I was on the paper and I wrote for the yearbook and then I became the yearbook, one of the editors. And so there's just, um, you know, years and years and years of doing all different kinds of content. And that kind of led me to doing my own thing when a company, this was way back a while ago, like 20 years ago, before we even knew to call it content, we were still calling it like articles (laughs) and writing and newsletters. But I was sitting around with the CMO of a a huge mortgage company and he asked me what he should do with his 6 million customers who never thought about him when, you know, they were going to refinance. And I said, wait, I've got a way for you to stay engaged with them. And that led into a seven-year engagement with this company where we created all of this content and they it basically came together to produce a wildly successful lead generation program for them. And that was really the beginning of my uh, discovery about how content could be used in a way to not only engage people, but nurture them to making really smart decisions for themselves around money. And that, of course, is what Best Money Moves is all about. So my career kind of came full circle. I love that. I love that you used to write plays. So I am a thespian. (laughs) Wow, that's fantastic. I'll be be heading to Hollywood just as soon as I'm done with (laughs) FinTech. 
I love that. Well, as a fellow thespian, um, I love hearing that you are a playwright. I mean, that's just fantastic. And I love hearing the full circle because I think so often I have the opportunity, really the privilege of mentoring young women, and they kind of get thrust into the business world. And then after a couple of years, they're not loving what they do. And one of the questions I always ask them is, but what did you want to do when you were a small child? What did you have fun doing? And I feel like I could have asked you that and you're doing exactly what you were doing when you were small and and you love it. And that's why you're so successful at what you're doing today. So, Well, definitely do what you love and the money will follow, which is something my father said to me on literally the very last night of his life is exactly what I think everybody should be doing. Yeah, yeah, because the money will follow. I think that's so true. I love that. And I love that you also found a way to give back to people. So not that writing fiction doesn't give back, because I think that we all need a little bit of fiction in our life. But I love that you're now writing content that really helps people understand financial wellness. Because I think you say it best is that there's so many areas in our life that bring stress, but probably nothing more than money troubles. Oh, that's so true. Well, you know, money, and we joke that money is at the root of all evil, but when it comes to unhappiness with people, you know, people think if I just had another hundred thousand dollars, I'd be, I'd be the happiest person in the world. Um, But really it's not, that isn't what money confers. Money gives you options, but you have to be the one to make the most of the money that you have. And you have to take care of yourself because money doesn't buy you health and it doesn't really buy you happiness. It just gives you the chance to explore what your heart's desire really is. And that, of course, is on all of us. On the flip side of it, money is the thing that makes us the most miserable. It's the number one cause of breakups and relationships. It's the thing that people lie about. They lie about what they spend. They lie about what they make. They lie about what their credit score is. It's very hard uh, to be truthful about money. And what I always say to people is, We live in this amazing country where everybody will talk about sex all day long. But when it comes to money, we're like, we're all closed up. Nobody wants to talk about it or reveal anything. I know. And I find it such a cultural thing, too. You know, I think that as you start to broaden uh, your friend base and broaden your peer network and you hear that different cultures, it's very much a part of who they are and what they do. You know, they'll actually sit down and say, how much do you make? Because ultimately, they know that as a culture, as a community, they all benefit when they're all making the most amount of money. And I feel like here in the United States, it's it's taboo. You know, you don't tell your neighbor how much you make. I mean, you barely tell them how much you bought your house for. And I do feel like that's a handicap. What's encouraging is that younger people, Gen Z is much more open to having these discussions about money. And they talk to their friends about what they're making and what jobs pay. And, you know, when I look at young people that work for us or that I know, they are very open about salaries and benefits. And I think this can only benefit things. Really, it's going to benefit the next generation of workers, the current generation of workers. I think it's going to make things more equitable. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so for companies that are looking for a better uh, DEI answer, diversity, equity, inclusion, this is going to help, even though it may feel awkward and painful, 
for people who are in their late 40s, 50s, and 60s to have those kinds of open money discussions. And that's just because culturally, to your point, everybody's been so closed up up until this point in time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's a great segue into talking about the role that benefits play in employee retention. And I love the idea of helping employees become more educated about their financials, um, their finances and their financials. Everybody should have a set of financials, the CFO speaking in me. So, um, you know, as much as 300% you say, so let's dive deeper into that. Sure. So what's really interesting about financial wellness is that you hear these this phrase thrown around. I've actually been talking about this for my whole career. I've been, as a financial journalist, writing columns about helping people make smarter decisions with their money. I've talked about financial well-being for a long time, but you now hear companies throw it around, and it means different things in different contexts. So a company could be financial wellness, but what they really mean is buyer annuities, which are expensive. Or they could mean buy pet insurance, that's financial wellness. Or get help paying down student loan debt, or take a short-term loan, or get early wage access. There's just a lot of different pieces. And what Best Money Moves does is we have combed through all of the platforms that are out there, all of the products, all of the services, and we have chosen a group of best-in-class partners to come into the site. We have the platform. We provide almost a 1,000 pieces of originally written content, video, webinars, the interaction, the education, the content, right? We do all of that, and what we do is use a layer of advanced algorithms and artificial intelligence to help push the right piece of information to the right employee at the right point in time. That's really what my mind financial wellness is all about. Because, you know, if you're looking for information on how to buy a car and how to finance that car, the last thing you need is somebody telling you how to get a better credit card. Those two things don't mean anything to each other. And it's not going to help you do either of the things you want to do better. And so what we're trying to do is provide the context for making these better decisions, and then when you are ready to look for a loan, give you a place where you can get a best-in-class loan offer from you know, all the different kinds of lenders. They'll be bidding on your business, so you get a better product at a better price right when you need it. And that's really what we're trying to do. But we also you know, work with companies, and we allow them to build in their own versions and their own benefits oh, wow. into our platform. So when okay. we talk about how financial wellness could really impact retention, which right now for companies with the great resignation, everybody wants to hold on to the employees yes, they love, right? Totally. Yes, yes. And if yes. you have to replace them, it's going to cost you, what, two times their salary? Yeah. Fair. So it's better and cheaper to just keep people on board. But some uh, different types of industries need different types of help for their employees. And so what we're finding is that in retail and in uh, fast, fresh food industries, Mm -hmm. um, some of the other kinds of manufacturing industries, those employees need access to their paycheck a little bit sooner than it might come. And if you can give them that, which is what Earned Wage Access does, it mm-hmm. will allow them to avoid things like payday lenders, which are oh, six, wow. 700% loans, right? Yeah. And so what we've done is partner with a company called Instant Financial. They work with over 400 companies doing earned wage access for millions of workers. And yeah. their studies have found that if you offer this benefit, you could reduce retention or increase you know, the amount of time people stay up to yeah. 300%. Wow. All of the different kinds of 
of products that we offer, these financial wellness products, do different kinds of things for reducing reducing turnover or increasing mm-hmm. retention, right? Or it might help with um, absenteeism. Sure. So there's a, a big ROI in a number of different areas and, and true financial well-being, employee financial well-being looks at things, everything from healthcare costs to um, how people are paying their debt to identity theft protection and reputation management, and even to the relationship issues that we kind of hinted oh. at earlier, Lisa, where yeah. people don't even like to talk about money with their spouse or their partner or the person they're dating. And so we try to help on all of those fronts. so excited about this because I feel like when I talk to, um, I'm going to give it away, I'm not Gen Z, I'm a little older than that. Uh, Not that anybody had any doubt (laughs) if they've been listening long. But, you know, um, I'll talk to my peers and we'll be talking about money and they'll say, yeah, why didn't anybody ever talk to me about this? Now, as a parent, I have young adult children. I'm actually bringing them to the table when I go buy a car. I'm sitting down when I'm paying my bills and I'm talking to them about this because I want them to be really educated consumers, but I want them to have that financial well-being piece. And I love that you are partnering with employees to kind of bridge that gap for the missing, there's a knowledge gap, right? The the knowledge gap that happens around financial well-being because unfortunately, most of us didn't learn it in school. And our parents didn't feel confident enough to teach us about it. And so that's where you're kind of floundering and and maybe going paycheck to paycheck or um, you just need a car. And so you're going to the guy down the street who's got really high interest rates and you're not even thinking about that you should be shopping for a better rate. And so I think about just what an incredible tool this is to employers because you, um, I think all employers should just want to help people, right? Selfishly, they're going to get a better employee, unselfishly, they're going to be helping to create better consumers, better community mm-hmm. members. Um, and we all need that. So I love, I love, I love this. No, it's, it's super important. Uh, you know, what I think employers miss, though, is they think they're giving their employees financial wellness if they have a 401k program. They'll <laughs> right, say, well, yeah. I have a 401k program. I have a calculator yeah. that they can use if they want to calculate their savings. Sure. Or they'll say, oh, we're already doing something over here with student loans. And over here, we've got a short-term loan program. That's financial wellness. But what they're missing is the context. So I love that, for example, you're taking your kids to go buy a car. Because what are they learning? It isn't just about you picking out the latest features or adding in this fancy yeah. thing or that, right? They're also sitting there watching you negotiate. They're watching you go shop from place to place to place. They're listening to you talk about loans, and they're watching you actually pay or structure those payments, and you're telling them how much your monthly payment will be if you're having one or why right. you're choosing to pay in cash if you can All of that is important context, and you don't even see it until later with your kids, right? My kids are older now, but I see that they're very good stewards with their money. They're thoughtful. I never would have guessed this when they were young, right? You know, my neighbor (laughs) always wanted to spend money on video games and this and that. Mm -mm. Today, they're savers. They, you know, are, are one of them has bought his very first condo. They're interested in funding their 401ks. Those lessons that we don't even think we're teaching them when we take them to the store and we say, okay, this milk is $2.99 and this milk is $3.99. What's the difference? 
and you you don't know what they're going to say, and then one of them says a dollar, and you're like, yes. <laughs> right. we don't we those lessons are the things that multiply. But a lot of parents, to your point didn't feel capable or they were making yeah. bad financial decisions or maybe they were already working two jobs and they didn't even know how to balance the books, so to speak, right? They weren't their own CFOs or CEOs of the household. And so those are hard lessons to learn. And while I am all in favor of, of learning, you know, European history, boy, would I have benefited from a semester of you know, here's how life really works and here's how yeah. checkbooks work and here's how credit cards right. really work and here's how student loans work. And we don't do that for our high schoolers, although it's starting to get required in more places. But Best Money moves steps into that void and we offer this really wonderful, objective, helpful, step-by-step instructions that are for life's major and minor financial milestones, all written by, you know, financial journalists, people that I've known for years Mm-hmm. That content is really top drawer, and people just come back to read it because they know they can trust it. And while you've got a bazillion things on the internet, you don't know who's behind it or the sure. perspective of that content that's coming to you. You don't know if it's objective. Yeah. You don't know who's getting the clicks and the links and, and what mm-hmm. their interest is in your eyeballs. But with Best Money Moves, your employer pays for it. You get it for free as an employee, and it's there just to provide the help you need. Yeah, I know we have some people who are listening right now who are going, please let me forward this over to my company because I want to take advantage of this. Um, You know, you were talking about from a a parent's point of view, right, not feeling like we have the confidence for it. And I can kind of see how maybe um, a leader, a business owner might be thinking, maybe this is getting a little too personal. Should I really be getting this invested in my team members' personal finances? How do you, what would you say to somebody who's listening who feels like maybe this is just a little touchy-feely and maybe the 401k is as much uh, financial wellness that they are comfortable with right now? Yeah, I would say to them that you better uh, wake up and see what's actually going on with your workforce. Mm -hmm. So a tremendous amount of Americans have student loan debt. 45 million Americans, working Americans, have student loan debt, $1.6 trillion. And while that's been on pause for people who have federal student loans, that's all going to come back a little bit later on this year. And so your people who are already stressed are going to be even more stressed. Mm -hmm. Most of your employees are carrying credit card debt. Typical American is over $6,600 of credit card debt, and credit card uh, consumer debt is at its highest level ever. There are more people taking on car loans and buying new cars. Housing prices have gone through the roof. Rental prices have gone through the roof. And so if you're an employer who's looking to build uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and if you're an employer who wants your employees to not cross the street for an extra 10 cents an hour, (laughs) right? You have to be concerned today about your workforce financial stress because it doesn't just impact turnover and retention. I mean, it impacts healthcare costs and outcomes. And if you're giving healthcare to your employees, which most companies are, that's a huge financial benefit. And if you look at how some bigger companies are thinking about it, um, they don't actually think about how the deductible and the maximum out of pocket that they have for these you know, high deductible plans are actually hitting their lower wage employees. But you right. have to be concerned about all of that. Gen Z is going to force the issue. Millennials have already requested it. 
There's, mm-hmm. they, they need help with student loan debt. The IRS has just initiated a favorable ruling where companies can divert the money that they would put into the 401k and pay down student loan debt directly. There's some wow. tax benefits that's now associated with that. Your employees ask for financial wellness. It is the number one requested benefit. Mm-hmm. And it has been the number one requested benefit throughout this pandemic and even a little bit beforehand. So yeah. if you as an employer... As an employer, if you're not sensitive to this, if you're not thinking about how you can make your employees feel safe in the jobs that they have, they will get up and leave. There's 11 million jobs out there. And so I would encourage all employers to give us a call. Let us help you understand why this is only going to benefit you at an extraordinarily low cost. You won't believe how inexpensive it is. And yet, the good that it does for your most at-risk employees is just incalculable. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Uh, So, so good. Well, what would it look like to have a successful adoption of the program? Well, we have an average usage rate of somewhere around 33%, but that sort of doesn't get at what's really going on with us. So Mm -hmm. we've got hundreds of thousands of people who have access to the platform. In fact, we've just signed a health wellness platform with 3 million people. We'll be bringing those online this year. Yeah, Um, yeah. And what we've discovered is that if a company actually talks about this, people listen. They love it. And so in companies where they run custom contests, uh, getting people into the platform to try it out, where they talk about using it, they remind people about it, they bring it out at open enrollment to help with open enrollment season, they get a usage rate of 40 to 80% total population. And this just proves the point, right? That people will, if you open the door for them and you give them cover and say, it's okay, you're using it too, they'll go and they'll test it out. And these employees are happier. Um, We find that they are more engaged. They come back into the platform. Half of them come in almost monthly. And then on the flip side, if you never, ever say anything about it, you just offer it, between 18 and 20% of your population are going to come in regardless. So there's just a really wide variety of success. And it doesn't matter to to the platform. You know, we we don't care. I mean, we have PhDs who use it and six Mm -hmm. people who earn six figures. And we have people who have high school degrees and are, you know, on a manufacturing line who use it. There's something in this platform for everybody because we take an agnostic view. Our feeling is everybody wants to make smart decisions with their money. Our job is to give you the tools to do that. Yes. Well, I'm convinced and I know that our listeners are convinced. So how can they connect with you and Best Money Moves? Go to our website, bestmoneymoves.com. And you can ask for some free information. You can watch some of our videos. You can reach out to me directly. You can sign up for my newsletter at Substack, learn more about money and more about what we're doing at Best Money Moves. We have a newsletter for HR leads that scrapes all the internet data on what's going on with financial wellness so that every week you're on the, you're really on the cutting edge of sort of the latest news and information. Um, all of that is available and we would love to talk to you. Awesome. Well, I do have a favor. Would you mind sticking around for one more question? 
I would be delighted. <laughs> awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Well, the conversation has been so good, guys. You definitely don't want to miss it. Elisa's going to hang around after this interview to answer one more question about all the benefits of a financial wellness program. You definitely don't want to miss it. To hear that clip, subscribe to our email list and we'll send you a link to our bonus content or visit onenextsteppodcast.com where you can find a link in the show notes. With each episode, we have a one next step for you to take. This week, we have a special download for you. It's Belay's tip sheet on how to build an irresistible benefits package. This is great information about how to really attract the best employees through your benefits. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, own your journey. Join us next week for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Next week on One Next Step, our senior marketing manager, Ryan Fitzgerald, is looking back at some of the best marketing advice we've heard from our guests on the podcast, all to ensure you have an incredible year in 2022. We'll hear from many guests on everything from improving your marketing and sales pitches to building a marketing team to hiring salespeople who have emotional intelligence and more. All leaders need to know marketing. So this is an episode you don't want to miss. Here's a quick preview. Because I literally had that conversation with someone the other day (laughs) where they said, oh no, I just spent thousands of dollars on a website and now I'm looking at it and it makes no sense to me and I work (laughs) here. I feel like that probably happens frequently, especially when after someone meets you or learns about the story brand framework, what do you tell them to do? Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.